Hello, I'm Katie Haler from the Naked Scientist team. Come with me as we dive into the depths now and consider the octopus. As well as being famous for its eight arms, three hearts, octopus vision is also rather impressive. It helps them spy out dinner, among other things. But light isn't always in great supply when you're hunting around on the seabed. And so these creatures have a fascinating ability to taste their surroundings and therefore make decisions about what to eat or not simply by touching things. Recently, a paper from scientists at Harvard explains how this touch-taste system actually works on a molecular level. By studying the cells in the suction cups of the California two-spot octopus, Leonard van Giesen has found that the animals can quote-unquote taste molecules that don't dissolve in water. And what's more, this is all taking place in the nervous system within the arm. We humans do usually um, assess whether something is edible with our eyes and then insert it into our mouth. The octopus, however, might actually evaluate whether something is edible with the touch uh, without having any visual information. We did some recordings of the cells that the octopus would actually use to um, explore its environment. And this has really helped us understand what kind of molecules are detected, how can the octopus filter the relevant information from this very complex chemical environment in the ocean, and which molecular and cellular mechanisms are employed by these cells in order to encode this information. We actually put the animal in a tank with a floor that can then be infused with some chemicals that might be potentially tasted and explored by the animal to determine whether they are actually important for the animal's behavior. And then what are you assessing in the octopus? How the animal is using this touch-taste behavior, this explorative behavior, how this changes, whether it's touching neutral surfaces that do not contain any chemicals. And then when um, there is actually a chemical in the surface, how does this change? We really see that the animal is uh, changing its arm behavior very dramatically when there is a chemical infused in this floor. And it is really uh, very evident that the animal is touching shorter times and retracting the arms, curling up the arms. And so this is really showing us that these chemicals actually for the behavior of the animal, they are meaningful. What are these chemicals that you've been testing? Very poorly soluble chemicals produced and released by other marine uh, animals. For example, some slugs release them in defense. In humans, touch and taste work, very crudely speaking, by stimuli being picked up by some specialist receptors and then they're converted to electrical signals, aren't they, which rocket up to the brain. Is that what's happening in the octopus arms? One of the things that's really fascinating to think about in terms of the octopus arms is that Two-thirds of the octopus nervous system are distributed peripherally. And so there is a lot of local processing going on in the sucker cup and the arm that is actually independent of the brain. And so these signals that are perceived locally for the animal can be used in order to guide even sucker cup movement or arm movement. And this can actually happen completely independent of the central brain, which is really fascinating because this means these signals guide the local arm and sucker cup behavior. Wow. So what you're saying is these arms are so incredible, they can actually kind of make decisions and leave the brain out of it. Do you think there's any potential here for making decisions about what not to eat in terms of pollutants? 
Yeah, I think that's a good point. Generally, in order to understand um, what pollutants do to the animals, it is really fundamental to understand what's their um, natural signal processing. So what is it that they actually taste and how do they process this information and how could potential pollutants influence this? Would they cover up some other signals or would they be signaling attraction to the animal? Because we we really don't know this un until we can understand what kind of um, natural processes are going on in the animal to explore its environment. So this is really uh, important to make fundamental insights like this in order to understand maybe more complex integration of these type of signals. Lena van Giesen there, and that study was published in the journal Cell.